because I didn't know if call recorder was working. <laughs> Episode 68, I'm Emily. I'm Christine. And today we're talking about movies. Uh, movies programmed by Christine. I programmed them. You did. Uh, now tell me what the movies are, why they are these movies. Um, that's a big question, Emily. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't like to shy away from the hard-hitting questions that... You know, people need to know, Christine. I'm not. Inve- I'm not going to talk in circles around things. Investigative journalism. That's right. Yep. Um, I think I picked in the mouth of madness first. You did. Okay. Um, when my mom was visiting, she borrowed it from us, and it got me thinking. Oh boy, I haven't watched that in a long time. So I knew she was keen to mail it right back. Oh, I was going to say, wait, but then did you end up losing your copy of the DVD? No, she she mailed it right back like I'm some kind of crazy Netflix. (laughs) I like that system you have worked out there. I I was like, oh, cool. Okay. Gives me an excuse to watch it because I hadn't seen it in a really long time. So I didn't really know. Sometimes I freeze up. I know it's adorable. You get so (laughs) nervous about picking movies. I didn't really, I didn't really know what to pick. So I went with Sam Neill being the theme. Mm-hmm. Sexy and Sam Neill. I picked for some reason Dead Calm. I don't know why. I don't know why. I can't explain it. Well, it's a really, it's a good pairing. I think it's a good pairing. It's a funny pairing for me because I have the same, in a way, the same experience with both movies where I've seen both of them one time mm-hmm. around the same time. I'd say. It was probably about like six years and eight years ago that I watched each one. Uh, so for me, like they're in this same kind of um, place and they're fairly close in uh, Dead Comics 1989. Uh, what year is in the Mouth of Madness? 90- I'm not sure. I'd have to, I don't have it open yet. Yeah. Yeah. My computer's over there. Uh, so 94. Oh, 94. It's later than I thought. Uh, I was going to guess 91. I would have been very wrong. I thought it was around 92 or so, but... Yeah. Well, you know, we're not as smart as we always think we are. What can we... We don't actually know anything. No. We know nothing, Jon Snow. Nothing at all. Uh, So, Sam Neill movies this week. Yeah. That's what we got going on. Uh, Do they have other shared themes, you think? 
Um, yeah, sure. Sure, why not? Okay, we'll say yeah. <laughs> now, before we delve into um, Sam Neill, uh, what else have you been watching as of late? <gasps> so much. Oh my. I know, it's surprising. That's, me... And I have so little. Well, I mean, hopefully we balance each other out then. I like to think I we have do to... In, all, in all ways, in all facets. <laughs> oh, so cute. Mm. Letting, getting my app up. Yeah, I actually did an okay job um, this time around. It has been a little bit of time since we recorded. It, true, true. Um, and we signed up for MoviePass. Oh, is that working out for you? It, so far, so good. Nice. I'm assuming that we're going to start slacking and it's going to drop off and we're going to be pissed that we're paying that much. Mm. How much is it but, a month, um, if you don't mind me asking? 30 Okay. So for two people, if you go to the movies twice in a month, you've more than paid for it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so far so good. So yeah. and, and we're hitting a season where I'm, I'm into a lot of stuff coming out. Yeah, so. there's, there's a lot of promising things coming out. Yeah, so one of the things that came out that wasn't promising was Man from U.N.C.L.E., <laughs> I red boxed it for some reason. Okay. This I've heard know. mixed things about it. I know some I people that kind it. of felt it was more, at least it was more fun than James Bond, but you know. I don't know. <laughs> you just really Bond didn't care for it? terrible then. Wow. Yeah, I, I really didn't like it. I thought it was really boring. And I, I started to do that thing. The last movie I remember doing it during was Real Steel, where I was like actively angry while I was Ooh. watching it and like only finished it so I could say that I finished it. I, I understand. That's a respectful thing, though, because it's very easy. You could have just turned it off and been like, that was stupid. But no, but I, you can't really say that until you finished it. I wanted to see if it would get better. Yeah, I, I've, I've been there, girl. I know. I know. Hey, I watched the only Guy Ritchie film I think I've actually seen was swept away. I know your pain. Yeah, I don't know. It, I didn't like it. I guess if you're into that kind of thing, I just really didn't feel like there was anything for me there. Gotcha. So, um, I went to the theater and yeah. I saw Deadpool. Okay, your thoughts? I love it. Okay, I've. I guess I'll see it eventually. I just the trailer turned me off because it felt really like homophobic and and just weird. Like to where I'm like, I don't. I have a feeling this movie's gonna piss me off. But... It's actually not homophobic. Okay. Did, I mean, they didn't sell it. They sold it in a way. It, kind of where it felt like it was going to be. Well, like, it's because Deadpool's humor is really like toilet little, right. like toilet 17-year-old boy. Yeah, and I like, guess when you but, take that, especially into a two-minute red band context, you're probably going to see the worst of it. Yeah, I, I didn't, I really didn't have any problem with it. It, okay. it. it was a lot more tolerant and a lot funnier and interesting. like had a lot more heart than I actually expected. I liked it. Okay. Um, I went to the theater again and saw Cloverfield Lane. Oh, I still haven't seen it. Uh, I'd love to talk to you about oh, it. I know. I, I really want to see it. I liked it a lot. That's good to hear. I won't say much about it. Um, okay. I was. I had no expectations because people have been saying it's like a a cousin or right, a, right. the same in the same bloodline. Yeah, I was, which I like. Uh, the idea. I don't know what that means really, but I like the idea of it. Yeah, I, I'm always I, up for doing something different with sequels, one way or another. Yeah, I thought it was cool. If they want to make a million movies, all of different subgenres, kind of in the same shared universe, go for it. Yeah. Okay. So cool. yeah, see it, and then we can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll try. I will try. Um, I went to the theater and saw Zootopia. <laughs> 
wow, look at you. I know. It's just going to keep going, too. I, I think I told you that I heard the best description of Zootopia, which was um, it's it's a very pleasant movie about racial profiling. Oh, it's boy, is it ever. Did you enjoy I, it? I liked it a lot. Um, I'm not like a Disney movie kind of kind of gal, um, but it was really funny. And it was really sweet. I don't know if I ever need to see it again. Okay. But if you have kids, you could do worse than them rewatching this over and over and there over you, again. There you go. The, the bunny in it is so cute. Aww. I love her. Um, I watched a terrible movie called The Darkest Hour. Why I would don't... you? Oh, my God. What, Christine? <laughs> what? Do you, do you? I don't know that I have ever written an anger review about a movie than I did really? about this one. Can I tell you, you that knew you knew how much I hate? Do you? Do you? Did no. you not know how much I hated this movie? Well, here's the thing. I can't like. This is the most ineptly titled film ever. It's like it's all. It's like you you hear the name of the film and you take. You take you roofie yourself like, and then you just forget and pass out. And then somebody says, "Oh, the darkest hour," and you and, and then you like get amnesia and you can't remember what they're talking about. This is the most forgettable movie title ever. We were. I'm, watching I'm like, it. Try, you have to understand. I'm like bracing the table right now because I hated this movie. We were watching so much. it, and I was like, "What's this called?" <laughs> it was like the darkest hour. It is a really generic title. It's really forgettable. I didn't like it. It was oh, it's just it's, it's more than terrible. It's, it's, it's really bad. see. Here is the main thing I hated about it was that the director I forget his name also did a movie called Right at Your Door, okay, which is amazing. It's this very small movie with um Rory Cochran where uh there's like a sort of like dirty bomb scare and mm. he's in his house and his wife is outside. And he won't let her in. Like, that's the movie. It's like a Twilight Zone episode. And it's so good. He does so much with so little. And then I saw, oh, the guy who made it right at your door made an alien movie filmed in Moscow. Awesome. Okay, I want to see this. I Within the first three minutes of that movie, I wanted to kill somebody. Because the yeah, very it's opening, really it's like these douchey, um, like, dot-com kids on a plane. And the, the kind flight attendant says to the kid, I'm sorry, you have to put your cell phone away because we're taking off. And he launches into the, the this, like, three-minute monologue about how he doesn't really need to do that. And I remember sitting there thinking, like, are you? Am I supposed to care? Like, I'm supposed to watch this character for another 90 minutes? I hate him. I hate everybody in this movie. I want them all to die. They're all awful. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, and it the movie's good. just so bad. Um, the effects look terrible. The effects look terrible. It should have been good, which is one of my... Like, that's the worst. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't have a great premise yeah and like and like no film gets to get made on the streets of russia like they're filming like outside the kremlin in moscow no film gets that right and this is the film that gets that right yeah it was it was really really poor oh that i forgot how every once in a while i'm reminded of how angry that movie made me and it's i had strong feelings i'm sorry you did this to yourself i wish i wish i'd known you were planning on it i would have talked you out of it I don't know what prompted it. We actually like paid for it off Amazon too. Oh, um, man. Something about it. Zach wanted it. He his interest was piqued by it, and um, RoboCop's in it, and I like him. So oh, it's it, oh, 
everybody in like because that's the thing some of the cast are i mean uh it's what's her name um the blonde is on jessica jones and she's great on jessica jones but all the characters in that movie are just like it's one thing to have your movie about like teenagers or young 20 somethings and you know you can't do that much with them it's another thing to have them actively as kind of mean like awful people and yet i'm supposed to care about you and the movie introduces all these other side characters who i care so much more about and then just kills them or moves yeah. away from them because i really need to focus on these pretty boring people yeah it wasn't good it really wasn't oh, good oh. so don't watch it <sighs> i need to like get my blood pressure down tell me something yeah. good well i give me time maybe i maybe <sighs> i <will>. um <sighs> So we watched a movie, I don't know, it might be right up your alley, you might have already seen it, called Tangled, and no, I don't mean the Rapunzel movie. Oh, that's that's what I thought, and I hadn't seen it's, that one, so... It's a 2001, like, weird thriller with um, Rachel Lee Cook and uh, Jonathan Rhys Myers. Okay, alright, you're talking, um, you're talking my language, keep going. It's not really that good, but it, it's very much of a time... <laughs> oh, okay. I like my 2001. Um, Is this a horror it, movie? No, it's like a like a thriller, like okay. a. Is maybe, it like a wannabe sexy thriller that isn't sexy? Kind. It's it's they're they're a bit younger. They're like college age. Okay. I think so. It's not like adult sexy, but it's like wearing a sundress with combat boots, sexy. Well, obviously. I don't know. Like, I don't regret watching it. It wasn't good. But there was something like, all right, I'll watch this. <laughs> okay. Nice. Where did you yeah. find it? Um, did you I think it's, pay it's, for this one? It, it's streaming. Okay. okay. No, I think it's streaming on Amazon. All right. I believe you. All right. So Tangled. Nice. All right. Not the Disney one. Remember it. I will. No. I promise I will. <laughs> okay. Um, so then we watched Josie and the Pussycat. Oh, yeah. So good. Ugh. What? What? Yeah. Are you breaking up or do you disagree that Josie and the Pussycats is so good? So I watched Josie and the Pussycats. And you loved it, right? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I've seen <laughs> the way I've it would happen... For those at home, we're having some Skype issues, and when I said, like, oh, Josie and Pussycats, and you loved it, and it, like, got silent, and I'm like, oh, my God, Christine doesn't like Josie and the Pussycats? I thought I knew her. No, I love it. I've seen it a bunch of times. Zach's never seen it. And he claims to be a Parker Posey fan. Whoa. What is with the claim? Do you doubt his She's so good in it. She's so good in it. But she's so so good in it, and he's never seen it, and I, I, I... I, I often talk about her performance in it, and so we, we finally watched it. It's so much fun. Together. It's so good. I, I think it's great. Yeah, I agree. It's I agree. really fun. It's still really funny, and Tara Reid's really funny in it. She's great, and it, it is easily her best performance, and it's not, like, I'm not saying that meanly. Like, no, she's fantastic She's in it. so funny in yeah. it. That, that she's was her like, type of role. She was, she's so stupid, but not, like, insultingly stupid. She's right. really endearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's great. I love that movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> finally got around to watching, pardon me on the pronunciation, Ex Machina. Ex Machina. <laughs> I don't know how to say the name of it. Yeah, movie. that's how you say it, Ex Machina. Okay. Well, good. Uh-huh. <laughs> What'd you think? I liked it. It was pretty good. Yeah. It, it's one that's grown on me with time. 
like the more I've thought about it and the more there were some things I didn't really think of when I watched it, but thinking of it in terms of like what it says about misogyny and like things like that, I'm like, oh, there was a lot there that I wasn't processing at the time. Mm-hmm. What the hell were we talking about? Echmahina. Echmahina. Of course, of course. Uh, your thoughts? It was okay. You oh, really only okay. I think I think I need to watch it again. And this mm-hmm. is a movie that I would watch again. But I kept, I spent a lot of time during it trying to figure out where it was going and what mm. it was doing. That I didn't let it just be what it was. Okay, that I, that's the kind of movie that where um, that like distraction can kind of hurt the viewing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I'll be it curious if you have a different stance the second time around. Yeah, I, I definitely would watch it again. I, I'm I'm glad I finally sat down and, and watched it, though. I don't know why I'd been putting it off. Good, good. It was right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Um, so I rewatched the Amityville Horror remake. As you do. Because I like it. Okay. I, I've seen bits of it, and I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, I don't like the original very much. Yeah, I don't like the original either. So I think we both don't like the original. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we reviewed the original and concluded <laughs> that it was very overrated. Yeah, so this one, I mean, there's no source material to Sully. It just, it's just a horror movie of that time. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like Ryan Reynolds, so mm-hmm. I watched it. Um, so I went to the theater again. Again? I know. And wow. I saw, uh, you um, milk that movie pass, girl. I know. Well, you know. Gotta get your money's worth. Yeah, it's fair. I saw Batman v Superman. Okay. The Final Journey. Oh, that's not what it's called. Boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Batman v Superman. Friends forever. Yup. That's my favorite. Uh, now I'm, I haven't seen it. I have no desire in the world to see it. Yeah. I feel like you let something slip on Facebook and said you kind of liked it. I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, Man of Steel was a stupid garbage movie. Yeah. If, if you, if you thought that this one was going to be better, I don't know why you would think that. Um, (laughs) Wait, so was it? (laughs) But like, I mean, it was better in the sense that it wasn't all about Superman, (laughs) <laughs> this this ver- this Zack Snyder version of Superman is ambivalent at best. He is <laughs> dislikable. So just ugh, entitled and pompous and put upon and just whiny. I can't stand him. So like you put other people in there and okay, now I'm paying attention to your movie again. Okay, I, I feel like I heard somebody else say this too that the um, the real realization of, of Batman v Superman, an incredible journey, was that uh, <laughs> Zack Snyder just hates Superman. I, that, that's the only way to explain it. So, like, Affleck's Batman was just as good as I expected. Um, Wonder Woman, I almost cried when she came on screen. Oh, I, I am pumped for the Wonder Woman movie. I got choked up. Yeah. There's stuff like where they introduce other Justice League people, which was awesome. Um, I don't like Jesse Eisenberg, so I didn't think I'd like his Lex at all, and I didn't. Yeah, um, that's I, the most people. It seems to have not worked so, for them. Like half the characters don't work. Maybe a little bit more than half don't work. The story's a little stupid. Um, I don't know, but, like, that's what I expected. Okay. 
So your so lowered like, expectations, it met those. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but, and like, I don't have, I have less of a relationship with DC than right, I do. Right, you're a Marvel, Marvel girl. So, like, DC stuff, I'm like, all right, I'll watch this. And nothing could be as bad as Man of Steel. Man of Steel's pretty bad. It's so bad. See, I felt like every trailer I saw for this one made it seem like it was even worse than Man of Steel. I, 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 there's enough in it for me to for me to be like, oh, all right. I, okay. Again, I'll never watch it. I'll never watch it again. Okay. I, there's no reason. Right, but so not for you, not a painful viewing experience. No, but like Zach made a lot of good points about Affleck's Batman was just stupid. He was a dummy. Like everything I've read about it is just that like basically he he just wants to kill Superman. Yeah, it's and it's such a shame too because it's really interesting. You get it's you get a Batman and it's been a, a little while since we've had that where you have a Batman that's I think 20 years into being Batman. Right, right. Like you could he could just be Batman. Right, he's like a semi-retired Batman. You don't have to see him learn or or like But don't they open with from what I've heard don't yep. they open with an origin? They open with the exact opening scene from Sucker Punch. <laughs> oh, it's even better. It's slow-mo. It's like, there's like a gun. It's, it's, oh if, you, if you're familiar with the Is way there Sucker a 90 Punch minute goes, steampunk sequence? There's, and like pearls drop in slow motion. Oh like just, and I was like, is this, is this Sucker Punch? I'm about to throw up the vegetable casserole but, I so lovingly but, made for dinner. But they have to do that. Do, to do set, they? No, no. They, because to, to set up the reason why Batman no longer versus Superman. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody out oh, there. Oh, I think I've heard one really dumb thing about it having to do with their mothers. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that's why they had to do that. Oh, to God. Set that yeah, I don't... know Superman's mother from, from Man of Steel. Right. So they had to give us Batman's mom. Well, of course. And Batman's dad, who is Jeffrey Dean Morgan, a.k.a. everyone's dad. True. True. He's everyone's dad. So I have... I mean, I... To, 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 I couldn't defend it to say it's a good movie would be a stretch, but to say it's the worst superhero movie ever made, which I've some seen, people have been saying. I've seen the Fantastic Four movies. Ooh. Like this is not the worst. Yowzes! Yeah, I'm. I do not like to judge movies that I haven't seen. Um, I, I feel rather strongly about it. However, I, it's like the one exception where I feel like I'm totally justified in knowing that I, I hate that yeah. movie without having seen it. There's nothing There's nothing for you there. Right. Um, and I really was only there to see Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Right. I bought the theatrical Wonder Woman poster for this movie. Wow. Because I love, <laughs> I just want, want some Wonder Woman. I, so I really bad. hope the Wonder Woman movie is good. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's any hope for it, but I'll still, I'll still I, watch it. I am it. very concerned about it just for the whole original director dropping out, them hiring like another female director, which on one hand, I really think that movie needs a female director. On the other hand, it feels kind of pandering. It's Why did the first pandering. director drop out? What did you tell her that made her drop out? Well, the, it's when you, when you hear stories now about why the, the, the director, the original director for Thor 2, two dropped out, it like really makes you wish that they, that they didn't so that movie would have been better. Yeah. Like, yeah. so that makes me think like, oh, is it going to suffer from, from a, a similar right. fate? Studio, all that. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like a period movie and... Yeah. Well, you've seen you've seen the sort of um, like not teasers because they're like sort of making of 
teasers that they've been putting out. And what I hate is the one where they're like, what what makes Wonder Woman different as a superhero is that she's really kind and cares about people. And that made me barf. I mean, she's okay, but she's still like... And just that, like, oh, so in other words, because she's maternal because she's a woman... Uh, it just made me like, oh God, they're going there. They're going the route of like, why well, can't you, this is what makes her different. Why can't you say that Batman cares about people right, too? Like that's, he's oh, had a slew of Here's Robins. the funny thing. Normally you could say that about Superman, unless you're Zack Snyder and your Superman that's hates true. people. Yeah. That's unless really, you're, you're Zack Snyder and want to take away everything that makes Superman Superman. Oh, yeah. I mean, Cap cares about things. Right. Like why... I don't know. Yeah, and so that worried me a lot. But like I said, no matter what, I am buying a ticket to Wonder Woman. I will be there. Yes. You might go see another movie, but you're buying a ticket to Wonder Woman. But I'm paying my money to Wonder Woman to make a statement. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, my. Okay, so I'll go through the other ones real quick. But I don't want to talk too much about them, at least two of them, because I'm excited about them and want you to see them. So one of them is the new Jeff Nichols movie with um, (gasps) Shannon. special. Midnight special. Oh, I want to see it so hard. It's, for me, it wasn't as good as Take Shelter. Okay. Okay. But I liked it more than Mud. Okay. Um, which I still haven't watched. It was, it was, it was good though. I want you to see oh, it. He's so good. And he's got Michael Shannon. And you know how oh, I feel about Michael Shannon. I know. Michael I Shannon is loudly so because my good in, this. in the other room and he might hear. No, he's really good in it though. Oh, of like, course he he's is. Always, but he's good in like a different differenter way okay a differenter way okay it's a it's a for me it's a different performance from him so interesting yeah i i i may actually go to a theater and see it <gasps> you should i know it's it's hard uh but i i just i kind of want to support it and i really want to see it because everybody's really talking it up i know randy was a big fan yeah uh, i liked it yeah. um so then i drove to houston to see a movie to, to see a movie to see a double feature um, and I believe her name is Corinne. Kar- it's not Karen. Kasama. I can't say her first name. Oh, oh. Yeah, I think it's pronounced Karen. Well, she was there in person. <gasps> you didn't tell me this. So I went to see a double feature of her new movie, oh. The Invitation. Ooh, ooh, and, and, and. and, and? Body. Jennifer's body. Oh, it was a double feature of Jennifer's body in the invitation. That's exciting. Yeah. So that's why I went to Houston. Her, it's like Corinne. It, it's not the way I wanted to say I it. Always I always assumed it was pronounced Karen. It's K A R Y N, but I thought it was just pronounced Karen. Huh? Yeah, but she. So she was there, and and it's Jennifer's body, and I had to see it. Of course. And I didn't really know much about the invitation. We talked um, about it when we did our episode because remember, I'm like, oh, she has a new movie coming out. That's getting good reviews. Yeah, but. I didn't really know. Like, I didn't read a synopsis. Okay. I didn't know what to expect. I, I mean, I assumed it would be okay, because right. it's her. Easily the best movie I've seen in recent memory. Oh, that's so good to hear. I uh, I am rooting for that woman so hard. You fucking need to see it, and we need to talk about it for seven hours. Okay. okay. It's so good. Oh, that's And exciting. Jennifer's body is amazing, and it was amazing seeing it with the crowd that was there for that it. That was into it, I, yeah. I, I saw it in the theater. Like when it came out, mm-hmm. and I think I was one of two people in there. Um, but but like the title card came up and people clapped. Oh yay! Like people were laughing at the right moments. It was it was it was nice. Oh, that's good. 
So yeah, I think that was a very admirable list for me. That I don't know if we'll ever yeah. be able to do it again. Well, and I love that you saw so much like quality new stuff. I know. Like, I'm not you. usually doing that. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Thanks. Married oh. life has really changed me. It has. You're a new person. Every woman should get married. That's what it comes down <laughs> so to. So they watch good then movies. Then she'll watch better movies. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that, that's true when you see my list, but Ooh, actually my list is is more quality than usual in some ways. Oh, that's that's good and bad. Yeah. Um. So we'll start with the the lesser of the quality. Um. I had I got a movie from Netflix. I don't remember putting it on my queue, but it showed up called Death and Cremation. Um, okay. starring Brad Dorif, which is probably why I put it on my queue. Probably. I think. Uh, and Jeremy Sumter from Peter Pan and Frailty. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's about, like, this sort of, uh, like, gothy kid who doesn't fit in, who befriends the local crematorian, played, of course, by Brad Dorif, um, who kills people and cremates them and stuff, and they start hanging out. Uh, I had the problem where my disc skipped at one point, mm-hmm. and I rewound it, and all of a sudden it was the end of the movie, but I didn't know if it was the It was one of those, like, I wasn't that into it, and then my disc misbehaved, and then I'm like, oh, I guess it's over. I guess nothing happened in this movie. Eh. So it was like one of those, I didn't feel right recording my viewing of it, but uh, eh, whatever. Yeah. Not a recommend, but I don't know. Hmm. It's there. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also, an instant watch... Um, I needed something short for various reasons, so I'm at the gym, I'm like, oh look, there's a torture movie with Erica Christensen, why not watch that? Uh, This is The Tortured. This is not good. It's like 75 minutes, which is good about it. Uh, Erica Christensen from Swim Fan, and that is what she will always be, no matter what else she does in life, she will always be the Swim Fan. Uh, her and Jesse Metcalf have a son who gets kidnapped by Bill Mosley. Okay. Oh, no. It's right. You know bad shit's going to happen when Bill Mosley takes her kid. Uh, and, of course, it does. Kid dies, all that stuff. Um, they decide that, like, 25 years in prison isn't enough. So they are they arrange and are successful in kidnapping him from police custody and then torture him. Yeah, but they keep going back and forth. Where like at first she's like, "We have to kidnap him and do terrible things." He's like, "We can't do it." And then they kidnap him, and then she's like, "I don't think I can do this." He's like, "No, we can do this." And they start doing it, and then he's like, "I think we should stop." She's like, "No, we have to keep going." So it's one of those movies where like they just ran out of material within like twenty minutes and decided, uh, "I guess we'll just have them go keep changing who wants to torture him and who wants to stop." And then it has a twist ending that just makes the characters seem so stupid mm-hmm. that it's really hard to forgive. So, um, not a recommend, but again, I watched it. Uh, also on Instant <laughs> Watch, this was a recommend from you. Or not a recommend from you. This was a you saying you should give it a go. Uh, and me, me hearing Cult and saying, of course I should. And it was The Veil. <gasps> what did you think? I would say I was right in the middle on it. There really, things about this movie I really liked. Right, it's not. It's not without its merit. Oh no, not absolutely not. Like this, this ha- like especially when you compare it to if you were to pick an instant watch horror movie at random, yeah, you wouldn't get this kind of quality very easily. Uh-huh, it's uh, true. The cast is good. Even Jessica Alba's good in it for once, and I never say that. Um, the like the setup is great. I like that it's sort of a twist on the Jim Jones thing. Yep. Um, because that's my big problem with the sacrament, where it's just 
purely the Jim Jones story, whereas this one, like, no, like, they're clearly basing it on him, but there's a lot of things about it that, no, this is definitely its own story. Um, Has a good kind of twist, has a good reveal, but there was something about this movie that I found hard, like, it gave you a really good setup, and then it just kind of got very um, repetitive. Yeah. And, like, the last half hour, I just kind of didn't care anymore. Um, but the end was so good, right? Like, the very, very The very end, end, yes, I would say it was. It was, but it was, I don't know, because I kind of, it, like, the momentum died for me. Yeah. About, like, the hour mark, suddenly I just didn't have the same, like, push for the movie. So then when you kind of get to the end and I just was like, okay, that's where we're going. Okay. All right, cool. Um, so I don't, I don't know what it was about this movie that just kind of turned for me at a certain point. Yeah. I, do, I recommend it. Like it is, it's a decent watch and Thomas Jane's great. Um, again, it has some really creepy things going on, uh, and some good ideas and interesting ideas. It just, something about the pacing, uh, didn't work for me. Yeah. I can see that. Um, few more on, this is a disc on Netflix, um, Ben Wheatley's Downtown. <gasps> Still haven't seen it. <gasps> okay, you should. Uh, really? Is, yeah, I don't think it's, um, I mean, in the realm of his films, it's not my favorite by any means. Uh, it's clearly an early film. I think it was his yeah. first full-length feature. Um, so, I mean, it's very, it's low budget in that it's, like, filmed in one, essentially one setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still a Ben Wheatley film. It still has that very black humor to it. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. And it, I enjoyed it more as it went on. Like, it was one of those films where the DVD didn't have subtitles, which I know it's in English. And I apologize to British people, but... They're mumbling a little bit. They're talking fast. It took me, like, about ten minutes to get into the, like, rhythm of the language, in a way. Yeah, yeah I mean, that that happens. Yeah, and to even understand the relationships of the characters, because it's a little bit, you know, and not to be like, oh, they should say, this is father, this is son, and so on. Like, no, it just, it, because it was kind of hard to hear, um, it was a little bit slow for me to kind of catch on to what, to everything going on. But once I did, mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's closer to, like, Sightseers in some ways, just in terms of it being kind of a black comedy. Oh, Um, neat. Okay. Well, I like Sightseers. Yeah, I I think you would take this. I mean, it is not Kill List, but it's not, you know, trying to be. It's a very... What is Kill List, Nothing is Kill List. Uh, but so definitely check it out when you get the chance. I mean, it's, again, it's not streaming anywhere that I could find. Hmm, okay. Um, I just have two more. Uh, Lifetime aired oh, a quality quality so, no, no 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 this here's the twist it wasn't made for lifetime it was made for the bbc oh okay. lifetime then aired it and i could tell just from the previews i'm like this looks too good for lifetime oh that makes sense uh this is the bbc adaptation of agatha christie's and then there were none it's uh four hours in total how was it it was good i, I well i'm a Sucker for that story. You should watch it because it's so pretty. Uh, it is filmed like on a location of some sort that's perfect. Um, set, you know, in 1939. The costumes are great. The cast is fantastic. Uh, you have Charles Dance. You have Sam Neill. 
star oh, of the boy. day. My next question was going to be, who do I know in it? Yeah, uh, Noah Taylor. Oh, yeah. Uh, Miranda Richardson. So you got this on your on your TV. This was on the TV. Yeah, this was airing on Lifetime, which means it may. Lifetime is so weird about their programming because it's hard to some stuff like is immediately streaming. Some stuff is like impossible to find. I am still waiting to watch if there be thorns and seeds of yesterday. But anyway, um, so uh, keep a lookout for it. It's it was, I think, three parts in total. Lifetime aired it as a two parter, but I think it was originally um done on bbc in three yeah seconds. i want netflix to give this to me yeah they should because it's it's good it's really good uh i don't want to spoil anything but let's just say it's finally a faithful adaptation which is very nice to see huh uh it was yeah no it was really enjoyable so definitely give it a go cool uh and then the last movie uh, oh, via movie. Amazon Prime. Good night, mommy. Oh, I saw that you had watched this. Yeah, uh, it's funny because I had like held off on watching it because I wanted to wait until I could like watch it all in one sitting, and then I fell asleep halfway through, and then watched it the next day. That wasn't because yeah. the movie; that was just because I was tired, and it was like eight thirty at night. Um, but I also wanted to watch it because I've been so nervous of people starting to talk about it and then kind of saying like, oh no, it's, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, and this is a movie where on one hand, uh, yeah, it can easily be spoiled, but on the other, I think even uh, if it is spoiled and quote unquote spoiled, if a certain, if you know something going in, I don't yeah. think it ruins it at all. I think it just makes you watch it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so point being, I really dug this movie. Uh, huh. okay. I've, it's been on my radar. It's, it's, I, oh, I'd be real. I'm really curious what you, what you'll think. I think you'll dig it. I like, there's so many things I want to compare it to, but I, I'm afraid to, because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, I will say visually, it actually reminded me a lot of Ex Machina. Oh, interesting. Just in terms of it's like also filmed in this sort of secluded country estate, but that's very modern in design. So the whole time I was watching it, like I had like an ex machina feel to it. Huh. Um, the kids are great. The um, two young twins in the movie are, it's a really good performance. Um, I, I don't want to oversell it because I think it was kind of oversold to some people as being like, oh, the scariest movie of the year and all oh, that. Oh, really? I don't know anything about it. Oh, good, good, good. So, yeah, just... Like, I don't have... In, if I were to sit down and watch it tonight, I would have no expectations going That's in. kind of what I want you to do then. And I won't okay. say anymore. I'm just going to say I, to anybody out there, I really recommend it. And but this even, isn't your... This isn't your recommend. It's not because I I was decided to be strict and go to Netflix for my recommend. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, and I will say to anybody who's like, oh, I figured out something. Uh, it doesn't matter. I think you could still watch the movie without that, and I think there's still a lot of merit to it. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I do really, want to see it. I want you to watch it. Okay. You should watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. All right. All right. It'll, this will probably push me in that direction. Good. I do what I can to push you in places that you are not comfortable going to otherwise. Thank you. Uh, And then we we wrapped up Jessica Jones. I don't know if... Did you? I haven't seen any of it yet. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I know! Again, I'll be excited when you finish it so we can talk about it. Okay, I would like to watch it. Um, I loved it. We've been watching a lot of TV, but, Mm -hmm. like, nothing like that. 
We watched that stupid James Franco show on Hulu. <laughs> was it stupid? Well, it, it, like the last episode, the Stephen King stupid. adaptation, right? Yeah, Ugh, Stephen King. Oh, I like. Stephen King. <laughs> oh, sometimes I do too. It's just <laughs> not. This one's not working for me. But gotcha. The concept was so interesting that I was like, okay, well, I'll stick with it because I'm. I find this interesting, mm-hmm. and it just it veered away from what I wanted it to be, and now we're like one away from it being done. It's like, damn it, I should have. I <laughs> oh, that's a story of my life with Sons of Anarchy, <laughs> oh, and really? every other show like The Walking Dead that's that so I keep complaining funny. about, but can't seem to cut the cord on. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, um, but I'll okay. Just get it, put it on your list. Get get to it. Super enjoyable. I shall. Okay. I shall. All right. Um, and again, like I was really positive about it when it, by the time it was over. So, okay, cool. All right. Um, those were my watches. Uh, how about, what do you want to do first? Dead calm or in the mouth of madness? Um, I almost just dropped my phone on my face. (laughs) Wait, where are you holding your phone? I'm, I'm lying down and I, and I went to my phone to, to check on IMDb what year, because I forgot what year Dead Calm was again. In fairness, guys, like we've had Skype problems. It was like an hour ago where we talked about that. <laughs> it's like it's like eighty nine. You said right? Yeah. Well, we should just do it chronologically. Chronologically. So we'll okay. um, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna go change into our bathing suits and come back and talk about Dead Calm. I'll go get my dog. <laughs> Fuck that dog. <laughs> Out among the stars I sail Way beyond the moon In my silver ship I sail A dream that ended too soon Now I know exactly who I am And what I'm here for And I no more. Oh, 1989, Dead Calm. So a little bit of background on the movie. Uh, directed by Philip Noyce, who did... <laughs> Why is that so funny? Because that's how people say nice sometimes. Philip like, Noyce. Noyce. <laughs> He's super Noyce. I don't know I what like it is. Um, he's an interesting fella. Uh, he uh-huh. is Australian. Did a couple of the Jack Clancy, uh, Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan movies. Patriot yeah, Games. Jack Clancy. Jack, Jack Clancy. Exactly. You know what I meant. Uh, Clear and yeah. Present Danger. He did The Bone Collector, which is the movie that um, I blame for every time I'm in oh, a yeah, cab. Yeah, I, did. I looked it up. Yep, I remember yeah, I don't know if your mom does this, but every time I'm in a cab and I'm on the phone with my mom, and I'm, I take a cab like once a year, I don't take a cab often, but every time I am, she has to ask me, am I in the bone collector's cab? Like, she makes me sure that I, that I can, like, unlock the door and everything. Uh, and Rabbit Proof Fence is one of his films, which is a good, very Australian movie. Um... Interesting thing about this film is that it was sort of made, produced, George Miller is a producer on it, also a second unit director on it. That it was sort of done as like, I I meant to check yeah. and make sure that was yeah no, I didn't yeah, that's him second unit director George Miller they sort of 
op- like kind of following all the success of like George Miller in the early 80s, I think what they did was kind of open a sort of Australian, like second wave of Hollywood filmed in Australia. And this was one mm-hmm. of the first movies done that way. So George Miller was totally on board as a producer and directed some things. Um, and this is based on a novel that was also sort of filmed by Orson Welles as The Deep, but not finished, I think, or not ever officially released. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is the uh, the first released version of it. Now, uh, Christine, tell yes. me a little bit about uh, what Dead Calm is about. It is about... Jeez. Oh, well, it's a real simple movie. Oh, but, gosh, um, it really is. It's a tiny little movie. Mm-hmm. Um, a lady, I mean, you could argue whether or not she killed her kid, but a lady, um, <laughs> a lady has a traumatic experience where her son flies out the windshield. This is not a spoiler because it happens in the first two minutes the movie's and, on. And like by fly, it's, I mean, like, the, the kid might as well have had wings. Projectiles out. <laughs> projectiles. It's, it's horrifying. It's like the crash test dummy, uh, like things. Only it's really like a like a toddler. Yeah, it's really upsetting. But so she's soups upset. So her and her husband Sam Neil. Oh, she's Nicole Kidman. So her and her husband Sam Neil get on this boat for like a wicked long time. He drops some dates for a while. Like occasionally, like we haven't seen anybody for three weeks. <laughs> so they're out there for a while, yep. and then Billy Zane rose up and. Shit hits the fan. Well, who what, dude, tell me a little bit about Billy Zane in this movie. He's really tan. He sweats a lot. Mm-hmm. I used really to does. think he. I used to think he was way hotter than he is. Yeah, and he is murderous. Very murderous. Yes. And, and cray cray. He's as kids say today. He's not all right. He's not all right. No. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. It's. It is a essentially a three person film. Yeah. Uh, very young Nicole Kidman. She was only about 20 years old when she made this. Very young. Which is interesting just in terms of, like, the casting process, because I wonder... I mean, she doesn't look uh, unreasonably young, I think. Mm -hmm. But it's just, like, if I were a caster, a casting, I just feel like I would never want somebody that young in this role. But she's fine. I mean, she's great. I yeah, think. she does. She does a great job. I yeah, think. like it, and you don't realize how young she is, and I'm sure that's part of why she was cast. Yeah, uh, it's this isn't her her first film, but it's, it's a very early film for her, and you could see right away like the camera fucking loves her. Mm-hmm. She just she, um, you know, she's like at that like pristine like very very pale skin when she's got her very very red hair, uh, and she just like has that that it factor i feel like when you're watching her yeah she's very likable mm-hmm. unlike the fucking dog this dog i i liked that dog okay, a lot. the dog's adorable i am not saying that the dog is like this little scraggly terrier mutt very mm-hmm. cute dog this dog is the fucking worst though to this family like all the things this dog does uh, the dog barks, like, when he shouldn't. He yeah, rude, but he's like, a puppy. She's, like, trying to, you know, g- like, get away from evil killer Billy Zane, and he just barks at her. It's her It's her owner. Like, he shouldn't be barking at her. 
Uh, at one point, she throws the keys overboard. Oh, I love that little dog with the keys, though. The dog jumps overboard to get the keys. And, like, which the whole point was that she was trying to get rid of the keys. And you understand, like, he's a dog. Like, he's fetching. He's used to fetching. So he's going to go after the keys. But then he goes and brings them to Billy Zane instead of to Nicole Kidman. Uh, this... And I have a side story for this movie. Uh-huh. First time I watched this movie, a couple years ago, I was dog-sitting. And I was dog-sitting for a really high-strung, sensitive dog. Uh-huh. And the dog was like watching the movie and the dog would get like sounds really for certain sounds really freaked him out like i, I always had to mute my cell phone because if it rang around him he would like curl up in a ball and cry <laughs> and so watching this movie every time the fucking dog barks which is a lot because this dog sucks every time the dog barks this dog would freak out and would start barking and like run around in circles and would get really upset i have never in my life wanted a dog to die in a movie until Aww. i watched dead calm and spoiler alert, does the dog die.com, the dog dies.com. Uh, and the first time I watched it, I was so happy when the dog died because it made my life so much easier. And because the dog is kind of a terrible dog. No, that dog's so sweet. He's adorable, he's so cute, but he's, he's a sweet. shitty, shitty dog to his owners. Oh, well, that's pretty bold and mean. So. I know, I stand by that. And I think there are people who will support me on that. All right. Okay. Um, but, oh, f- a funny thing about the keys was because I had watched In the Mouth of Madness, like, a- about a day before I watched this one. And when she's going to throw the keys, I really expected her to swallow them instead. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it just would have well. felt right. Um, but so, uh, Billy Zane Cray Cray. Yeah, he's, he, he comes on aboard their boat and he's like, all these people on my boat got botulism and like Nicole Kidman's like alright well go take a nap <laughs> go sleep it off dude You're yeah sweaty. what's wrong with you and then um Sam but, Neil. but Sam Neil that's his name yep. Sam Neil's like I don't believe this guy I'm gonna go over there and I'm gonna leave you here alone with this guy I don't trust yeah so- <laughs> so, so he he rows across to the other boat and he goes in there and sure enough there's dead bodies and stuff mm-hmm. and um that's when that uh billy zane takes nicole kidman and takes off with her in the boat yep and like and then it's real cool because sam neil's like i've been working on boats for 25 years so he makes the other boat work again it's pretty cool yeah pretty much I mean, and everything that everybody does, I mean, Sam Neill specifically, everything that Sam Neill does, I totally buy. Like, it's not yeah. like somebody has knowledge or ability outside of what we've established. Right. And it's it's fitting. And, like, one thing I really like is how him and Nicole Kidman end up communicating is yeah. there, there's a radio that they both have, except um, uh, he can't, she can't hear him when he talks, but he can, like what do you do press the button and kind of do a one for yes two for no so their their communication like is very you know uh kind of challenging but it it works it, you believe how they make it work um the wh- i mean what he's doing b- because he is a military navy man i guess so mm-hmm. he knows boats he's figuring it out the best he can now on Nicole Kidman's end it's a very different kind of challenge because, you know, she is somewhat outmatched. She is, you know, young and able, but Billy Zane is also clearly a very strong homicidal man. 
Yeah. And there are some, a couple of decisions she makes that I think are kind of are controversial and people have problems with or whatnot. Um, so let's start with the obvious one, which yes. is when you are trying to save your husband's life because the only way yes. you can do that is to stop the boat you're on. Uh, yes. And you've got this crazy madman here and you really don't know what you can do about him. What weapons are you going to use? Well, why not use your sexuality? Okay. Well, I mean, the... So there is a very uncomfortable uh, sex scene that is a sort of bizarre, in a way, one-sided, um, very miscommunicated seduction. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't want to call it rape, because it's not... Except it's sort of a, um, how do you say it? Like, she is being raped, but he is not raping her? I guess? I mean, she's, she's, she's totally manipulating him, but she knows what's going on. Yeah, and she's not originally planning on going through with it. Yeah. The whole thing is she's trying to, to kind of lead him on to kind of get, have him lower his guard, uh, she can run out, stop the boat, um, but that doesn't quite work out. So then she kind of has no choice at that point but to go through with it and have sex mm-hmm. with him. And it's such a, a like painful thing to watch. Yeah, it's not awesome. No, because I mean, you see the look on her face, and it's it's horror and it's disgust. Um, but it's it's a decision motivated purely by love because she's really doing it to save Sam Neil. Um, so it's, I mean, it's such a, on that end is like what makes this movie so disturbing, I think in some ways, because I mean, it's a simple sort of, you know, what cat and mouse in a small space story, but yeah. that element just, blah. um, that one for like, I get it. And like, it is uncomfortable and it's icky and yeah. It just it is. It's sweaty and like the the really way he's by how sweaty he is, aren't you? He's so sweaty. It's very, very distracting. Sweaty. He. It's like it's kind of it's for me though. I'm I'm like almost embarrassed for how quickly he buys into it. Yeah, I could see that, that makes too. me more uncomfortable. Well, like, he's... why does he think that she's not? Like, why does he buy it? And I almost because wonder... of his vanity. Well, I think part of it, it, he is such an odd character, and you don't get a real, like, you you don't get backstory, which is fine. I, I, yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah, it kind of makes it even more um, interesting, because he's just weird. Yeah. Um, you could tell he has this kind of, um, what's the word? Uh, like, when you see video footage of him on the on the other boat, uh, you could see he is very self-conscious, he is very... Um, like he, he doesn't seem to, he seems to want to impress like the famous photographer, Mm -hmm. but also clearly gets very offended when he doesn't respect him. So it's this sort of mixture of like both overconfidence and, um, insecurity, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it, in a way it doesn't make sense that he would buy her attraction to him, but at the same time, and there's there's some things that aren't said, but you wonder if they're supposed to be. Like, Sam Neill is significantly older than Nicole Kidman in this movie. Whereas Billy yes. Zane is much closer to her age. And Billy yes. Zane, you know, when you see him in this movie, he is 
fit. He is, uh, you know, he's he's he comes out of the water just wearing swim trunks, and he is very he's a very good looking man. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, Sam Neill is supposed to be, I guess, in his, like, late 40s and clearly just an older Matt Trinical Kidman. And they don't ever say anything about it. But, yeah. But I feel like that subtext is there that maybe to him it's, well, you know, of course she would want me because I am so much more attractive than her husband. Yeah, that is an interesting angle. I never really – I didn't never really gave it that much thought. Like, but I could – Granted, I don't think a movie like this would have such a throwaway, hacky line. But for for like Billy Zane to internally refer to like Sam Neill as like an old guy or like an right, old man, right. I think that that would be. I could see that. Yeah, like I that's, feel that's interesting. It's a it's a one of those things where the movie never says anything of it, but I yeah. think I just read into that looking at Nicole Kidman, looking at Sam Neill, and there's a huge age difference there. And so when you throw in this, you know, um, guy that should, when you're looking at them, you would think, okay, yeah, he would make sense with Nicole Kidman. So I don't know, and I don't know if the movie mm-hmm. intends it. I feel like maybe it does, because why else cast such a difference in age? I think it would have worked perfectly fine if Sam Neill's wife was his age. And in yeah. a way, considering, like, it's about the loss of a child, maybe it would have even made more sense if she was late 30s where, you know, she couldn't just pop out another kid right away. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there, there's something to that that, you know, so I, f- I just feel like it's a deliberate decision. And yeah, I never even thought about age yeah. in regards to this movie. Not once. And this is, I think, the third time I've seen it now. Huh. It's never, never come on my radar at all. Right, right. Huh. I don't know. I guess I just... Yeah, I mean, just knowing how young she was when she made it. And again, yeah. they don't look that mismatched as a couple, because Sam Neill's a really attractive guy, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess that's just how I see it. And I think that's a case where I am putting a certain read on a movie that might not have been intended, or maybe it was, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, I don't. I don't think it greatly affects, you know what the narrative is going for like right. it's it's still impactful either way yeah because it's still just this very sparse survival story in a way yeah it's very tiny and minimal but it's it never feels repetitive or boring no so that's that's really you know to everyone's credit like the space is used really well for i mean sam neil is on the other boat for a portion of it, but I mean, a lot of it takes place on on their sh- yeah, just ship. their their ship, and the geography I think is pretty well established. Yeah, it, but it never feels like you're watching people do the same thing. Agreed. Yeah, which is really nice. They they use the space really well. Like they, I feel like they effectively use like like the the deck of the boat mm-hmm. well too yeah. like they move around it and you're not in the and they, i think the like moving the sails help with that too but it feels like it's a different set almost yeah I can see what you every mean. time um which is cool cuz it it doesn't it could feel like that like like scooby doo and shaggy running through hallways through different <laughs> doors like it just could feel like ugh, i don't even care where they are anymore and there is that one scene where um nicole kidman's like in the room and billy zane's above her and the sort of like she like they're 
playing it where she's trying to run out, but he's but he can see her to a certain extent. Yeah, and there's kind of this back and forth. Um, and it goes on for a little bit, but it's really effective mm-hmm. because you just, you put yourself in her shoes of, he can see me. I know where I need to go. How do I trick him into me getting there and him not? Uh, and it's, I mean, it's a well done thriller in that regard. And even as far as you're saying, not getting repetitive, uh, you think of, like, we talked about this with The Collector way back when, mm-hmm. and how one of the things that made that movie so good was how she was constantly um, trying new, th- like, she was thinking the whole time, you could see her thought process, and she was trying everything to get out, and everything to, uh, you know, manipulate this guy and let him, and get him to let her go. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like it's similar here, where... Uh, they really establish what she's doing and trying. So at one point, she's trying to get to the gun, but she has to get to the gun. Then she has to put the gun together. She has to load the gun. And it's done, like, in three steps where she has to keep kind of getting back to it. So it's this, you know, nothing is as easy as it usually is in the movies, I guess, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, and so she has different tactics, and they're... The movie doesn't cheat in showing how those tactics are achieved, I guess, which I like. It's it is it's really it's really effective. It makes you um, it it makes you more involved too. She's more endearing because of it, yeah. and you're rooting for her more. Yeah, because it's you know she is not a superhero. She is not um, she is not a soldier. She can can is doing all she can, but it, it's hard. And I mean, I've never put together a three-piece gun and loaded it and shot successfully. Have you? Yes, she's very competent. That's yes. another thing. She really is. Yeah, and it's it is part of why, and we don't need to go into the details, but why I will say, to me, the Achilles' heel of this movie is that ending. That coda of an ending, I think, is so detrimental to the movie and to. The movie kind of ultimately being in a lot of ways about her surviving. I mean, spoiler alert, she survives. Uh, but that it's, it is her who's able to do all these things and, and to be strong and all that. And then the ending comes along and it really pisses me off. And it pissed me off the first time I saw it and it pissed me off equally this time. Really? I yeah. don't think it's that bad. I, it's, it just, it I mean, takes the not power great. out of her hands. Yeah. And it just feels kind of insulting. And I get, and the whole thing was test audiences didn't like the ending. Mm-hmm. So they added an ending. But it, I feel like it just, it could have been reversed. Like, it, I don't know, it suddenly changed the hero of the movie in a lot of ways. No, that's that true. Me. It does feel out of place. I've never given it more thought than to say, like, oh, that feels out of place. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Uh, now... One other question that I feel like comes up if I'm watching it, and I think I, I have a justification for it, but I'm curious if you felt it. Um, so she, a couple of times, has the chance, she has the upper hand. Mm-hmm. And the one thing she never does is she never just, fuck it, tries to kill him. Yeah. Did that seem, did that, was that a problem for you or not? No. Yeah, me too. Um, I wish I that she had, sure. because this is a movie full of, 
and I mean this in a good way because I I could say this about a movie and mean it very negatively, but this is a movie full of, oh, this movie is still going because of this choice. Right, right. Like, had you made this choice, like clear door number one, door number two type choices, but it never, like both of the doors were realistic choices. Mm -hmm. It's not like, it's not like she was running up the stairs when she should have been running down. Yes. If she didn't feel comfortable killing him, like, okay, like, there's already been enough death and trauma and... Yeah, I agree. Like, I'm fine with believing that. I wish she had, though. Sure. I mean, we would have it sooner. Yeah. But, But, yeah, no, I agree, because it's... It is one thing to watch a movie and say, like, oh, just shoot him, just shoot him. It's another thing, and I think this movie does a good job of of putting you in her shoes, and the chances she has to kill him are kind of blatantly him standing there and holding the spear gun to his chest type thing yeah where if she were to kill him it would be such a deliberate face-to-face action and i i mean i don't know that i could do that you know i like to think that i could but i don't know yeah i mean i in a way i almost like to think that i couldn't oh i hope that i could i don't know like there's a part <laughs> of me that's like that you know i it's uh, hopefully i'll never have to make that decision <laughs> Um, hopefully I'll never have to kill a Billy Zane. Yeah, I said it. Well, yeah, me me neither. But, I mean, I don't know. I think there is that point of to actually come that close with taking a life is a really intense thing. And I don't know yeah. if everybody can do it, even in the worst of circumstances, it's all. Yeah, I can't pass judgment on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, something else I love about this movie is that this is a movie that knows how to use silence really well. Yeah. Like, it's quiet. Because they're in the middle of the ocean and there's no sound. Yeah. Uh, and it, it doesn't maintain that. I mean, there's music. There are, you know, noises and such. But it, it the movie is called Dead Calm. <laughs> and it gives you moments of that. And considering all you have really as a set are two boats and a distance between them. And that distance is just water. Uh, the sound and lack thereof, I think, is so key in really putting you in the middle of the ocean like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I, I, you know, spoiler, really like it. <laughs> I like it. I, I just, the, the ending is just real, just really, uh, and, and I hate when there's, you know, that one thing about a movie that, that. You just can't get behind, and it kind of hampers the whole thing for you. And because it's the ending, and because it's just overturned something so key about the whole journey of the movie, it's just... No! It makes sense. Like I told you, I've never thought about it beyond, like, ugh, that's out of place. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. I don't mind a flare face, but still. Yeah, but it's... It becomes a different level of of her getting terrorized. Yeah, And, and just kind of... And has to get saved. And, you know, the whole movie was her kind of overcoming that. Trying to do it all right for herself. Exactly. Girl power, right? Am I right? I don't know if I'm right anymore. Are you right? (sighs) I don't know. So do you have more to say about Dead Calm? Um, let me think. I think we hit everything that, um... uh, We didn't talk about Billy Billy Zane dancing crazy. Ugh. (laughs) He... He's really dislikable in this movie. I mean, that's part of the strength of it yeah. at, at points. But he is so dislikable. I, um, I See, I, I meant to read up on that specifically, and I didn't really see anything about it. Because I'm really curious what um, 
what were what he was basing his character on or like yeah. specifically some of those ticks and some of his kind of his the way he talks in this movie yeah it's weird is weird and it it goes a long way and i mean you look at like demon knight there's kind of a similar thing to his performance there where it's a very um unique odd uh tick driven performance yeah and i mean but they're very different they're uh i i don't think he's just doing the same thing by any means but it's just there's you know he he's he's got ideas here and i love them and i think it's it's weird and it's the fact that he is kind of so also silly and almost embarrassing i think yeah, really it helps him it's mesmerizing yeah but really dislikable oh very much yeah well just like icky and gross it's, and you're right really icky. sweaty yeah 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 i think that's all i got okay well cool uh so quality of film um go oh, you seven go. for me oh okay uh, i was i was at, gonna go 7.25 yeah yeah it just it's a you know it, it is not perfect but it's a sharply made thriller i guess it is. If you will. uh quality of life and such Seven point five. Yeah, I was. I was going to go seven, right there. Yeah, it's it's a good movie, um, and it's creepy, and it's uh, you know holds you on the edge of your seat. It just makes it is creepy at times, but you know, cool. That was dead calm. Uh, we are now going Oops. to change out of our bathing suits, um, put on our My tentacles. Your tentacle. Oh, your, oh, oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I I didn't pack my tentacles. I was just gonna go with something blue are you gonna swallow some keys and crab walk backwards um i mean that no because it's only monday i usually save that for friday nights that's true i mean you can't get wild too quickly you know what i'm saying (laughs) got got four more days ahead of me before the weekend uh but we'll take a break and come back and go in the mouth of madness I'm gonna wash that man right out of my hair. I'm gonna wash that man right out of my hair and send him on his way. Get the picture? I'm gonna wave that man right out of my arms. I'm gonna wave that man right out of my arms. I'm gonna wave that man right out of my arms and send him on his way. Don't try to patch it up, tear it up, tear it up. Wash him out, dry him out, push him out, fly him out. Cancel him and let him go. Yes, sister. I'm going to wash that man right out of my And now we jump ahead a few years. Sam Neill fought some dinosaurs and then decided to... Monsters, uh, Emily. These are monsters. No, but first he fought dinosaurs. In 1992... No, no, I'm sorry. In 1993, Sam Neill goes to Jurassic Park, Christine. All right. He comes back from Jurassic Park and he's like, I don't want to deal with dinosaurs anymore. They're hard work. Fuck dinosaurs. I'm going to go into insurance investigation. Yeah, that is what it is, huh? Not so uh in the mouth of madness directed by John Carpenter tell me lady Christine of the night oh, oh hello thank you <laughs> it sounded right uh what's this movie about boy okay 
this movie's about a lot of stuff. Um, so Sam Neill is this guy. He's kind of a dick. He is he's a dick. Such a dick in this movie. Almost too, like, uh, like obnoxiously toes, so. Like he's not just he like a jerk. Like he's a, a pain line. in the ass. He toes a line of me absolutely hating him. Yep. Um. So he is a guy and an insurance guy or whatever. <laughs> so this this publisher, Arcane Publishing, hires him to go and find. Um, one of their missing authors, who is named Sutter Kane, and he, Sam Neill, starts reading all dude's books, and is like, I'm gonna go find him, and then he cuts up a bunch of paperback covers, and he's like, this is a map of New Hampshire, and then he's like, hey lady with the crazy eyes, do you want to come with me? She does crazy so they, they, She does, they're cool though. So then they get in this car, and it's really scary, because they see this dude on a bike twice, and then it's scary, and the car flies, and they're in this other place, and it's called Hobbs End? End. Okay, there it is. And then this place is crazy because it's just like in the books, and there's this church, and Vigo's there, and it's, <laughs> it's very Lovecraftian. Just a and bit. There, just there a are bit. tentacles, and old ones, and dark ones, and... And crazy old ladies from Seinfeld! Crazy And that episode of Buffy. Who is she on Buffy? Which episode? Isn't she the lady? Is is she not the double meat lady? I could be wrong. I could just oh, be wrong. I don't think what's, she is. I what's even the point of living too. anymore? No, I could be wrong. I'm I probably think you're wrong. No, but she is on uh, Seinfeld. She's the Marble Rye lady. You know what's the point? Uh, so basically, what happens is the book is right. The book is writing itself. Not really. <gasps> But it sounded funny. It, it sounded but, but dramatic the way you said said it that way. But basically, what's happening is Sutter Kane. It's already predetermined. This was already happening, going to happen. the The world is changing, becoming infected with these ideas, and even if Sam Neill wants to stop it, it's going to get you know disseminated into the world. Boom. Roasted. Bam. Yeah, it's a, it's an odd one, and that's it's so great. I mean, Ooh, spoiler alert to your thoughts. <laughs> uh, I will say I I like this movie. Um, there there is some, and I know what my problem is. There is something I just want more from it. Yeah, because uh, in a way, this is feels like such of the especially when you get to the end, and you kind of think. Okay, now where's part two? Because this is sort of one big build-up. Yeah. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's something I kind of like when, you know, a movie can do that, can kind of be this very big telling of the start of something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's in part to me, like, and I remember the first time I watched it, the thing that, and I know part of it, I'll say, I'm not a Lovecraft person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've read very little Lovecraft, uh, a short story or two, and then another short story or two that like I got really bored reading, so I didn't finish them. Um, so when I this movie for me, like the Lovecraftianness of it, isn't what connects to me. What I really like is the idea of imagine if somebody became so powerful in their influence uh, that they could basically become a god. Like, that's the concept I love about this, that Sutter Kane is such a best-selling author that readers just absorb 
that they suddenly they've elevated him into this new status of uh, he can he can actually change the world. I just mm-hmm. think that's a really nifty idea, <laughs> and I guess I think that's a better idea than the movie thinks it is. So the movie goes a different route, uh, which is okay because we get some it does. Cool stuff. It's a little unfocused in mm-hmm. what it ends up being. There's a lot of um, stuff that really works for me, especially at the beginning, like you know shifts in reality, like. Is this actually happen happening? Did this actually happen? Am I awake? Is this a dream? Yeah. Like it 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 bends a lot of stuff and, and there's a lot of just weird repetition that I like and that I think is scary. And then it really does go much more for literal monsters. Mm-hmm. Which which is great and fine and that's the movie it is, but there's a big part of me that doesn't doesn't want that movie. I agree. I the there, there is definitely there was a way to have made this without um, showing a lot, and then to have made it a scarier movie. Yeah, like this movie, I think has scary moments. Mm, I agree, um, but it is so plot heavy and yet kind of muddled plot that I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, this movie doesn't give me nightmares. It's just while watching it, there's some things I'm like, ew, that biker is creepy. He looks like John Carpenter, you know. Yeah, it's for me, it's more the ideas presented than the actual images presented Mm -hmm. that are scary. And and when you stop relying on the ideas and go more into the imagery, it's just like, it's not scary to me anymore. And also, I mean, the imagery and the effects of this movie. So it's 1994. Mm-hmm. Um, it is probably one of the last major releases to go full out practical effects. Uh, and there is charm to that. Certainly. Yeah. And if this was bad CGI, we'd be laughing at bad CGI. Yeah. But I think because they show the, and the, I mean, the effects, it's Greg Nicotero, it's Robert Kurtzman, it's like, you know, these A-list special effects guys. But I think the way the movie shows it, it just puts it out there without kind of teasing it. So it's it just looks like movie monsters that were made in a, you know, big studio where you make big movie monsters. No, it's, it's once it reveals that that's the story it is it's it's very aggressive with it yeah um because you do have the lead up with um who you find out is dudes like agent with the axe right that's that's scary like mumbling nonsense crazy people yeah and there's a lot in the beginning yeah like when he goes to the bookstore and there's just a guy that like there's some kid with bleeding eyes saying do you read Sutter Kane like exactly that's unnerving that kind of plays into a bit of what you were saying. Like, yeah. Like, I wanted it to be, I want this movie, every time I watch it, to be more about mob mentality and yes, and, and, and stuff like that. Mass influence. Like, that's more what I want. But then it really does get, it gets tentacle heavy. Yeah. And it gets there real quick, too. Muchas, muchas tentacles. Because even for a while when they're in Hobbs End, like, it's not... It's not quite like that. And things are just off and weird. And, and they're creepy. Yeah. There's, you know, the, the agent saying like, okay, there should be a church right here. And now the crowd's yeah. going to come. And the children, like those things, the idea that, oh my God, I'm stuck in a book. Yeah. Um, I, I understand some of it, but there's, I haven't read all of it and I don't know where it's going. 
and all of these such a better idea yeah all of these people around me have no idea that they're in here but they're you know beholden to the author that they don't know is an author like that's really creepy and there's ideas there really really and 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 they get they get back there a little bit once you get the reveal that here, Sam Neill's tasked with bringing the book back, right? And as much as much as he doesn't want to, because now you've got the full-on reveal. Oh, you're going to bring this book back, and yeah. you're going to start the end, basically. Yep. And he doesn't want to, but yet he doesn't have a choice because it's already what's happened. And it and I forget about it every time. But when he brings the book back to Char, well, when he gets back to Charlton Heston, and he's like, "What are you talking about?" You already gave me the book. Yeah, it's book seven months, months ago. Seven months later. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, that's so cool. But yeah, like a shifting of reality. Yeah. Of, like, of, when did that happen? When did it, yeah. when did seven months pass? Yeah. And just him on the bus and Sutter Kane showing up and saying, you know, did I ever tell you my favorite color is blue? And all of a sudden everything's blue. Like, yeah. ooh, like I like, like that's where to me I'm like, there is so much there. Um, and it's, it's so the movie's like it's too ambitious, I guess. No, it, it it's like I said. I think it's trying. It's trying to do a lot. Yeah, and I don't know if it's because it doesn't. It it, it didn't feel. I don't know. I feel like some of the story is superfluous, and I don't know if the real heavy Lovecraft stuff is an addition to this original very literary idea or if if it's the other way around it's a very were, good like, question yeah i don't know the genesis just, one of, the of them feels extra like dropped like one of them feels like a passion and the other one feels like the thing we did to get there right and i i don't know it's and i like i like lovecraft and i think it's cool but there is a lack of subtlety when you get to that point that stands in contrast yep. to the rest of the movie, which is really creepy and, and, and creepy because of concepts and ideas. Yeah, like the, the that's exactly it. The underlying um, ideas behind this plot, behind somebody saying, you know, the, yeah. no, religion, nobody's ever believed in religion enough to make it real. What a great idea. What a great quote to say, you know... But we, but if you believe enough in something, you can make it real. If you believe Sutter Kane should be the author of the universe, he's gonna fucking be the author of the universe, and it's a terrifying universe mm-hmm. to be part of. Like it's it's 2016. If you believe enough in Donald Trump, and you you know just think of what it what else you could apply this to. If you believe that much in Oprah, yeah. imagine a world where Oprah was was your god. There is just that I, that concept is great, and the idea of like you're saying writing the, this world already being written and all of that. Um, but and whether or not uh, the script it started as let's do a Lovecraft homage or let's explore this idea of a writer who's gotten so powerful, blah blah blah. Yeah, like the more we're talking about it, the more I'm like it's. I'm glad we're talking about it because it's. I finally have it like fully. <laughs> Uh, I've always tried to figure out, like, when I watched it the first time, I liked it, but I knew some people loved it, and I just, I couldn't love it. There were things about it that I just felt like it was, it didn't fully connect, and that's what it is. Yeah, there's, there's, there's something missing. There's just, it's something missing, or there's one or too too many, too, too many (laughs) elements. 
there's just it, it it's too smart to just and I don't mean to insult Lovecraft and say it's too smart to be a Lovecraft homage, but it it is too deep and disturbing in terms of its concept of religion to then also kind of include these lighter monster elements. And I know Lovecraft gets pretty dark and there's probably a way to perfectly marry all of it, but I just don't think this movie does for me. Yeah. I, I think we are in um, complete agreement. Oh, good. Um, yeah. Who, and also who just keeps a bike horn in his glove compartment? Like, why do you need that? Oh my god, I thought the same thing. He's such a jerk. He is annoying. He is, um, he's hitting on this agent when she really doesn't want to be hit on. Yeah, he, he's very aggressive about it, And too. He's, he is just a dick. Um, other fun things, did you catch who played the paperboy? The, like, the young, actual kid paperboy? No, he kind of looked familiar, but I didn't look it up. Does the name... Hayden Christensen mean anything? Oh to my you? god, it was that Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen is the yeah, like the kid, not yeah, the yeah. not the one that turns into John Carpenter in a Canadian yeah. tuxedo. Yeah, the kid, <laughs> Hayden Christensen. And then one of the kids in like the mob scenes, I noticed in the uh credits, I see the name Kevin Zeggers. I'm like, is that the Kevin Zeggers from Dawn of the Dead and like Vampire Diaries and stuff? Yep, it was. Oh really? Yeah. Isn't oh, that neat. Uh just so huh. Yeah. Yeah, right? Right? Yeah. The, the... I mean, you can group this into... This is an apocalypse movie, technically. Technically. An end of the yes. world movie. I think not even technically. It is. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, and again, I think... <laughs> because the first because the first time I watched it, I didn't know that. So then when you get there, I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, like, it's so... Like, the world ends, and that's, like, a tiny part of the movie that it doesn't oh, explore. the end is... Yeah, the end is really good. Like when he is walking around alone. Well, it just it just makes goes, me want another movie. I, but I kind of part of me kind of does like that. As like when he goes and looks at the movie poster and it's like a film by, <laughs> by John, John Carpenter. Carpenter. Like, <laughs> like it's the, the movie. Then kind of it kind of eats itself, and yeah, I I, right. I do like that. I can see that. And I do it, like the cool. opening. Um, the asylum right so sam neill's being dragged into an asylum and you don't know if he's crazy or just faking it yet you don't really know or if he's not crazy but the very um the offness of it where it's like Mm -hmm. not filmed in a mental asylum it's apparently filmed in like a plumbing facility somewhere it looked cool yeah and the the main doctor who was in scrooge um Yes. wearing a bow tie and just has this very weird affect when he speaks and just this kind of idea of like oh is it like is he crazy or the inmates running the asylum like i really dig that and that and it fits really when you think of the what else you get and this sort of altered reality um mm-hmm. but yeah then then you get to the very real kind of grounded aspect and it's it is it's a messy movie. Uh, it is there's there's so much in it that works for me though. Yeah, I I, I admire it. Um, as I do a lot of John Carpenter movies, I think. I can I ask you a question without cutting you off? Of I'm course. really curious how you feel. Do you when you think of John Carpenter movies like in the classic sense, do you think of this? Uh, not immediately. 
because I don't to yeah. the point where Zach said something something John Carpenter movie, and I said, "What? What do you mean? What are we watching?" <laughs> <laughs> and he was like in the month of madness don't you have to record a podcast i was like is that oh it yeah. is yeah. no it it's and i know there are um people that kind of say you could make it that there's a trilogy to what is it the trilogy is prince of darkness prince of darkness has to be in there this right? and what's the other one that people the put ward no, um, <laughs> I like your reaction to that. I'm looking at his filmography right now, and I can't figure out what's the missing one. But I feel like I've heard people describe it as um, like his sort of apocalypse, like his apocalypse trilogy. trilogy. Which, yeah. which is the other one? I, the I thing, I guess. Look. But I don't. I, I feel like I can see how this connects to um, Prince of Darkness. Oh, for sure, w- without question. But I don't. I, I feel like the. I, I think that, that the idea is like, oh, Apocalypse and the Thing also, but it's such a different movie, even though the effects look similar in style, I guess. Similar. In style, there's, that's, no, you know. I gotcha. Right? That's why, like, when you think it's a John Carpenter, but then you think of the effects, you're like, oh, yeah, there you go. Um, but no, I do, I do not. This doesn't jump to my mind when I think John Carpenter. No, it, oh, they live? No. Oh, maybe. I don't I'm going to Google it. Keep talking. I'm going to okay. Google it. Well, it's funny because I'm looking now at his homography to kind of see where this falls. And it comes in that uh, right before what someone calls dark period. Because <laughs> um, you've got like They Live, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, Body Bags, this, and then Village of the Damned, which is mm-hmm. worse than you think. If you, I, I don't know if I've ever time. seen it. Don't. Um, it's it's really bad. It's it. I would I would love for somebody to try to argue to me that that's a good movie, but they're not going to win. Uh, then you have Escape from L.A., which I actually really enjoy. Vampires, Ghosts to Mars. So it it's the like kind of time period where his films get less um, memorable or less you know yeah. loved, I guess. Although I think there's merit to a lot of those movies. Uh, but so it's. I think some people would call it like this is his last great film or this is his last really strong film. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's an interesting place to uh, fall. You were right. It's the thing, Prince of okay. Darkness and the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, although, although you could argue they live is also kind. Well, I mean, I was just it's a reaching for alternatives. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I was going to suggest. Like, it's not my turn to pick next time, but I was going to pick the Ward. <laughs> hey, I like that movie. I've I've heard mostly bad things. Um, I'm like, I know I heard somebody who kind of liked it. It might have been you. So it I don't might know be me because else. I did kind of like it. I've been looking for a reason to um, rewatch it to see if I actually did or if I was just being silly. Okay, well, you know what? When I announce what my pick is for next time, oh. you could tell me if it, yeah. it maybe it goes with it. I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, I've never seen the movie that I'm going to pick. So oh, fun. Uh, you know, the ward has a really good cast. Oh, it does. Seca from uh, Agent Carter. Yeah. Look, it really has a good cast. Okay, we can we can cover it. Mm. Um, but before <laughs> we get to that, we should probably finish talking about uh, in the mountain. I know. Madness. Sorry, I got real excited. I see you because did. we had had we not done a John Carpenter before this. Ooh, I. Which is shocking if we haven't. You know, um, I don't think, I don't think we did. 
Mm-hmm. What would we have done? Um, I, I, I couldn't think of anything. Da, 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 da. What's funny when you when you pull up his name, the first thing that comes up is all his sound is uh, soundtrack credits, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which includes because anytime the Halloween theme was used anywhere, it gets credited to him. Yeah. So he has a credit for like Yu Gi Oh and, and the Simpsons and all this stuff. Awesome. Um, looking through it, no this this was our first John Carpenter film. Isn't that interesting? That's very interesting. One of the lesser, not lesser, but lesser John Carpenter-ish films. No, yeah, I mean, it's not like it was They Live or, you know, Big Trouble in Little China or something. Although. Yeah, it's just not one of the, you know, standouts. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, an interesting way to, to jump into the John Carpenter. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So it, it was interesting about this one was I was curious if I would like it more or less on second viewing. So I, I'm in this, I think I'm right in the same, the same place. Oh, okay. Cause I think like <laughs> I, I have the same problems with it that I had the first yeah. time, but I also still admire the things that you got to admire about it. Yeah. And again, it's a wacky movie and I will always give credit to a wacky movie. I, um, I think I liked it more this time. Ah, when was the last time you watched it? Boy, uh, three or four years ago, maybe. Okay. Uh, the other thing we, that I, I wrote in my notes was uh, them punches. <laughs> right? Yes. So so the chick punches Sam. Yeah. He punches her. Every Ridiculous. punch has the same sound effect. <laughs> yeah, I can't even make Pow, it. Zap! Kablam! Uh, it's kind of fantastic in its own ridiculous way. It's it's really interesting. Sound and it's kind of like that to me is what feels very John Carpenter-esque. Yeah, that's true. You know, because she, she feels very John Carpenter-y that's too. That's a very good point. I don't know that actress at all. I didn't but, recognize her from anything. Now I have to look up if I actually know her from But, anything. like, she really felt like, yep, she belongs in this movie. Because, you, I mean, you could have cast Adrienne Barbeau in that role. Like, yeah. she's kind of, she is a smart, um, kind of brassy, sassy career woman. Like, she's, but, but she's sexy. She's... Um, she's fun. Like, there's an element of fun to her. You're right. That is very much a John Carpenter woman. Um, going through her filmography, seeing if I've seen her in anything. Been in a lot of stuff. Uh, nothing that's popping out. Some Fright Night Part 2. Uh, um, a lot of TV. I got... No, oh, an episode of Who's the Boss? Yeah, I got nothing. There you go. Yeah, so she... But I, yeah, I liked her. She had, she had sass. She did. I liked her too. Especially, she really counterbalanced how shitty he was. Yep. Because he's just a dick. Like, he, he's, he, he's just an annoying He really dick. is. Uh, which bothered me the first time I watched it. It just took me so long to kind of get with him, I guess. Um, but this time around, it was just, again, kind of, now that we're saying it, also feels like a John Carpenter thing. Yeah. You know, he's, he's sort of your, like, I mean, he's not Jack Burton, but he's got that kind of like, yeah, Jack Burton was kind of a, you know, kind of a dumb jerk. For he was. He had a better sense of humor, I yes, think, though. Yes. But, uh, again, like, that's where the Carpenter touches, I guess, really come out strong. But, I mean, there's a part of me that wants the script to get remade, but, like, 
seriously edited to be just we're going to make a scary movie. Yeah. You know, because you could do that. It, it'd be a really good novel, too. Uh, I think this was just an original screenplay. I don't think I think so, too. I think I, lo- I think I looked. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have a based on anything. The writer, Michael DeLuca, who also wrote a lot of TV, uh, screenplay for Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, <laughs> which is not generally loved. Oh, that's interesting. He did, um, he made a short film of The Lawnmower Man in 1987, which I th- wonder if that was part of the that book. I think it was Night Shift of, short, hmm. of Stephen King short stories, where Stephen King basically like sold the rights to all of them as short films for a dollar to like young filmmakers. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that he was one of them. Uh but I don't, yeah. I don't know anything about that. Oh, it's it's an interesting little story. Yeah, that does sound kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, but he and then he has a screenplay credit for the story of Judge Dredd, the the old one. Hmm. Uh, and so I mean, yeah, it's I, again. I I wish I had looked up more about the sort of genesis of the whole project. Um, but it's, and I know people will just scream when I say this movie should be remade, and I don't mean this movie should be remade. I think the script should just be looked at again and yeah. filmed differently. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's everything I have to say about it. Do you have any more? Um, I don't think so. I think we got everything. I do want to say I, I really did enjoy how it was, he was like a Stephen King Oh, totally. character. I mean, I, I get, like, all the actual, like, literature stuff is, is Lovecraft, but, like, the model of his success oh, is, totally. is King, and, and it's really funny. And, I mean, it's a New England town. Yes. Uh, you know, they talk about going to, even though it's in New Hampshire, they, like, talk about Maine a lot. Yes. Uh, I mean, his initials aren't quite SK, but they're... You know, it's close. SC and yeah, um, and I and I mean, Carpenter worked with Stephen King. He adapted his stuff, so it's you know, it's deliberate, and I think it's kind of sweet. I, I like. I thought it was it added to everything because yep. it's just it's it's believable, especially then when you know. I mean, Stephen King is now we almost take him for granted, but in the early '90s, when every Stephen King book was being made into a movie, uh, you know it. It made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And I do like the Charlton Heston line. Wait, is it? No, it's not Charlton Heston who says it. It's uh, when um, Sutter Kane says it of, you know, what about people that don't read? Well, the movie comes out next week. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right. So do you want to rate this, baby? Quality of film. Uh, quality of film. 6.5. I was going to go 6.75. Yeah. All right. Uh, quality of life. For eight. me, it's it's a it's a seven for me. <laughs> An eight for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I yeah. really like it. Yeah. I mean, I I enjoy a lot about it. It's just it's not the movie I think it could be. <laughs> uh, I, I agreed. Yep. All right. So that was the mouth of madness, which is not streaming anywhere that I could find. Um, but you know, the DVD's out there and stuff, so Yeah. You know, just, Yeah, we own it, so I didn't even look. Is there I think there's a commentary too, which would be a very interesting thing to listen to. Zach said he listened to it. Um I don't know if he had any real interesting takes on it. Oh, I'd be curious, very curious. Yeah. 
All right, so now on to our Netflix recommends. Yay, I have Yay. one. Ooh, what you got? So it's a movie. Oh, really? Yep, starring um, Parker Posey <gasps> called House of Yes. Oh, I have never seen this. So apparently, Zach was saying that it's like, people used to recommend it to him and like he didn't really know what to expect. So I really had no fucking clue. Mm-hmm. But you say Parker Posey, and I'm like, all right, let's yep. do this. But it's based on, it's like adapted from a stage play. Yep. And it feels like that. Okay. But like is, in a... Is uh, Tori Spelling in this? Yes. Okay. It, but like in a really good way, it feels like a, like a stage play. Nice. Um, and and the it's so quick and witty, and the language is so interesting, and it's really, really mesmerizing. I adored it. Um, it's about incest. <laughs> nice. It's about JFK and incest. I knew, like, this doesn't she, because I remember the cover art is her dressed like Jackie O. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just dug it. I really liked nice. it. I've, it's always, it's been recommended to me too, and I've just never pulled the trigger on it. Um, but maybe I will now. It's, if, if. So what kept me from really jumping on it was that I thought it was going to be a little bit of a slog and kind of slow. Okay. But it was it was really quick and pacey and a lot more fun than I expected. Okay, nice. I think for me, I remember it was very um, 90s indie when, like, everything – I just remember that, like, glut of sort of independent kind of clever movies and yeah. I think I always kind of grouped in there. I'm like, ah, it's one of those movies I'll always have on my list but I'll never watch. But now maybe I'll watch it because you wrote yeah. it. Yeah. I respect your opinion. Hey, thanks. All right. My Netflix recommend is a fairly recent movie. Uh, and this was one that got really good reviews and I kept seeing the trailer for it and thinking like, I have no interest in this movie whatsoever. But then I kept hearing good reviews and I'm like, ah, you know, I, I don't know if, if you get like this. I... I'll get in moods where I'm like, I'm going to watch a movie that I am not, I know I'm not going to write about or like really heavily use in my arsenal to like, I don't, you know, I just need the movie that's not a horror movie or that kind of movie. So I watched Beyond the Lights. Oh yeah. I think I know what this is. Yeah. It's the same director who did Love and Basketball, which I also haven't Mm -hmm. seen, but I know has been always been discussed as being a very good movie. Uh, And... This is about a young, like, on the verge of success pop star uh, who basically attempts to jump off a building, is saved by a police officer, and they fall in love and stuff, and Mm -hmm. Minnie Driver is her stage mom. Uh, And this is just good. Like, it's the kind of movie, normally I am not somebody to sit down and watch a romance, which is what I would describe this movie as. Um, but I mean, everything I had heard was like, this was a better quality and it is just because the performances are all really good. Um, it's a movie that just treats its characters like people Mm -hmm. and they're interesting and they're complicated and their interactions with each other are very organic and, uh, Mini Driver's really good in it. Also, um, the guy in it is the guy who directed and starred in the movie that will probably be like the big Oscar movie next year, Birth of a Nation. Mm-hmm. The one that was the big hit at Sundance. Um, and I mean, he's very good. The lead actress is fantastic. Uh, and it's, I don't know, it's just if you're in the mood for a kind of like heavy, but not too heavy romantic drama, yeah. this is really good. 
Um, so it's a weird sell coming from a surprising me. a surprising pick from Emily. You know, I, I like to just like to keep people on their toes. I know that about you. Speaking of, yeah. So here is my terrible idea for the next show. Oh no! So I'm sitting in the airport at like 4:30 a.m. Uh, last week, and I the the radio comes on at the airport, and a song comes on, and it suddenly started got me thinking. You know. One of like the most successful movies of the '90s, star-making movie, often quoted, often referenced, um, movie that I have a feeling is is I'm gonna hate, but you know what? I've never seen Pretty Woman. Oh my! Have you actually seen it? I have. Oh, a couple you, times. Whoa! D- did somebody uh, used to dream of shopping on Rodeo Drive? No, it used to be on TV a lot. I've never watched it, and I don't so really funny. want to watch it. But I want to know that I've seen it. If that makes sense. No, I mean that makes sense. Um, and it was just one of those. I'm like, you know, it's going to be so 90s, which is kind of our sweet spot, right? It is. Uh, and I am just curious if some of the gender things and the tropes, if they, how poorly they've aged. Yeah. And it was just such a phenomenon of the nineties that I'm realizing, like, I feel like I should watch it. It's really offensive. That's kind of what I'm thinking of, which is why I think it will be a really fun show. I'm sure it will be. Okay. I think it's on YouTube. It is not streaming that I can find, but it seems like the whole thing is on YouTube. If I end up paying for this, I will not never hear the end. If it's not on YouTube, we're doing something else. Okay. But then I figured you can pick another like prostitution movie or Julia Roberts movie or um, Jason Alexander movie. I don't know what you're feeling. But I figured I'd, I'd give you the other hand to pair. I wish you could see my you face. You could just do the ward and pretty woman. <laughs> there are pretty women in the ward, right? Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, let, let's just do the ward unless I think of something else. <laughs> okay. Pretty I don't woman. know. You really threw me for a life. I had a feeling I would. And it was I, just, Yeah. I'm not going to just watch that movie. I'm only going to watch that movie if I can talk to you about it. I almost suggested Runaway Bride. Don't make me do that. Do you know how many times I've seen Runaway Bride? I do not want to watch that one again. I've seen Runaway Bride like eight or nine times. Ew, my my freshman year roommate used to watch it all the time. And no. It used to be on TVS a lot. Oh, it's stupid though. And Pretty Woman's probably stupid too, but I've just never seen it. And I feel like I can't say it's stupid until I see it. It's no Batman v Superman. I can't talk about it without having watched it. Uh, Alright, we'll think on it. We'll we'll say the ward unless I come up with okay. a brilliant idea. Alright, all right. pretty women in the ward. There you go. It's, it fits, I think. Yeah, whatever. Exactly. Richard Gere's in both of them, right? <laughs> probably. Julia Roberts probably dated somebody in the ward. She dated everybody back in the day. That's true. So there, we got it. Okay, um, so on that note, uh, Facebook page... Go there, Twitter, at Feminine Podcast. Uh, do you have anything else to tell the people about? Um, well, you should go to our Facebook page and look at this picture of a baby. <gasps> because, a picture of a baby? Because friend of the show, uh, Vishnu, just posted <gasps> a picture of his son. Oh, his leap day baby. My little my little icon went bleep, and I was oh. like, who's, who's trying to converse with me while I'm doing my show? And then I looked, and it was the cutest fucking oh. baby in the world. I meant to say congratulations to Vishnu. I've been meaning to say that. Yeah, and, and that's a, it's a damn fine baby. It's a damn fine baby, 
born on Leap Day. The baby's mother was born on Leap Day. How like, Leap and Day it's like is that? One in a hundred billion zillion or something. I'm not a religious person, but I'm pretty sure that baby is the Messiah. It's it's a really fucking cute baby. Yes, it is. So well, and, and Vishnu's so great. So it's I know if if you haven't gone to the Facebook yeah. yet, now's a great time. If there is one baby that I hope grows up to be Sutter Kane and becomes so powerful that we all do what he wants, it's that baby. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, all right, so go baby and um, pretty women in the ward next time. Yay! Yay! Good night, folks. Good night. Remember, Mrs.